Well, hello and welcome back to the Switch Youth Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Caitlin and uh, last week we kicked off this whole Dive Deeper series by talking about the gospel of Jesus and the kingdom of God and how those things are so much better and more beautiful than like just believing that Jesus is real so that you can go to heaven one day when you die. Like the gospel of Jesus was actually this life-changing reality that through Jesus and because of Jesus, our Savior King, the rule and reign of God has actually come here, has come near, has come on earth as it is in heaven. And today we're going to hone in on another topic um, from the gospel of Mark. Today we're talking about faith. We're talking about what it really is why our understanding of faith matters so much, and how our faith can actually grow. With me today, I have my friend and youth pastor, Josh Baldwin. And Josh, I would love if you would just kick us off by talking about, just kind of like we talked about some misconceptions of what the gospel is, what are some misconceptions about what faith is that people might hold? You know, for me, I think one of the biggest things is the idea that faith has to be this thing that you can't grab a hold of. Like that faith Mm. is, hey, you just have to like believe, you know, you just have to, like, that's all there. You just have to kind of believe and then hopefully things turn out right. Like, but, but that's actually not the truth at all. Faith has all kinds of very firm foundation. There's so much evidence to our faith. There's so much proof, right, to to what happens in our lives. And so like my personal faith, when I think about the things that have made my faith grow over the years, it wasn't it wasn't just me wishing upon a star. It was me actually mm. being extremely intentional in knowing that, hey, I'm I'm here like for a purpose. Like I was put here with a genuine purpose. And there's probably some really specific things that I need to do to live that out, hopefully to to see myself be able to step into my God-given purpose one day. And along the way, as life happens, you just get to witness that God continually comes through. And so faith is not this distant or mysterious or unseen thing necessarily. Mm. It's, It's not something that we don't have evidence for. It's actually something we have evidence all over the place for. Mm. And people that you would talk to that have the biggest faith are people who have had to oftentimes really be stretched in a way where they went, man, there's genuinely Mm. no other way for me to survive this circumstance in my life than for God to provide. And then Mm. it's when you get to experience that provision that your faith really gets bolstered. It's great. I heard you say faith is not just a wish and faith is not a blind leap into the dark. Faith is the way that we talk about faith is faith is trust based on evidence that leads to obedience. And uh, that's the segue into question number one that we're going to address today, which is what is faith really? What is faith really. If that's what it's not, not some wish, not some just send up a hope and a prayer and hope for the best, not some good luck charm that we carry around with us. What is faith 
really. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And uh, Josh, I'll get your thoughts after I read it because there's a really interesting note about faith in here. So Mark 2, 1 through 5 says this, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him, bringing to Jesus a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him into Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat that the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Josh, reading that, there's a very interesting note about faith in there that I would love if you would just talk about for a second. What stands out to you? Well, I would say he didn't say when he sensed their faith. Right. Or like when he felt their faith. He said when he saw their faith. It was right. it was right there. It was evident. There was proof in the pudding. Like it was so clear that they had faith. It's something that you often can see. I think right. that that's really, really important. Right. That's so good. And I just, I love how uh, these guys, it was so obvious that for them, faith was more than just believing that God exists, like more than just believing that Jesus was real. Like, obviously they believed he was real. They they brought their friend on a mat to the place where right. Jesus was. Like they knew he was a real person who could like right. actually tangibly interact with them and their friend and and they had hopes for what he would do. Like so they they believed he was real, but it didn't stop there because they actually had faith, which is so much more than just believing that Jesus is real. It's that trust based on evidence that leads to obedience. It leads to some sort of action. And right. for these guys, that the evidence that they had is like they'd heard the stories, man. They'd heard that this guy is a miracle worker. This guy has the power to drive out demons. This guy has the power to like heal paralyzed people and and fix people's deformed hands and like do all this stuff because Jesus was a miracle worker. And they'd heard that. And that was all the evidence that they needed to pick their friend up and take him to Jesus. You, you know, a lot of us have heard the term faith in action. This is that yeah. lived out. So that, that, that can kind of become a term that you hear said. And you just think of it as like, hey, this is a really cool saying. No, that, that's a saying that is actually describing a situation, right? And this is one of those situations. It is literally faith in action. In the same way that you could say, hey, I've got a friend at school who's really sick. And so I am going to, by faith, believe that I can pray for them and they can be healed, that, that I can actually go spend time with them. I could go over to their house and I could say, hey, can I just pray for you right now? And my faith could actually heal them. That's faith in action. Mm. Yeah. And what is interesting to me is that uh, there's actually a, a place in the Bible where it talks about faith and it kind of defines faith for us. And more often than not, I think people, if they're not reading the Bible 
wisely, not reading the Bible in the way that we remember Jesus is king and context is everything, might see this definition of faith as a contradiction to what we just said, Josh. I'm going to I'm going to read Hebrews 11:1 to you and just like and we're just going to talk about it for a second because it sounds like it's kind of saying the opposite of what we just said. Right. Now yep. Hebrews 11:1 says this. It says now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, confidence and assurance are both like emotions. They're both like sure things that I can feel and experience and not exactly actions that I take. So where is the disconnect here? Are we actually experiencing a contradiction? I don't think we are experiencing a contradiction. I think that's what's really interesting. And I think a lot of times we're, we're trying to be drawn back to seeing things in a little bit of a bigger context, which is sometimes you actually won't have the evidence that you'd like for. Like mm. there, there are times that you just won't. And, and that's still more faith, right? So it's still the belief in going, no, I absolutely have faith and believe that his word is everything, that, that I can trust him in everything. But it's also then like important for us to remember that does not mean that faith is completely unseen, right? So it mm. doesn't mean that there is never evidence that I can see with my own eyes. It just means that there are times that you don't get to be in on the whole picture. Like there are legitimately mm. times where you were not invited to have the whole story <laughs> and you have to trust that the one who put the world in motion has the whole story. Yeah. And so there is this confidence that I have going, hey, sometimes I am blessed with the opportunity to see it. And other times I am blessed with the opportunity to trust God. That's good. I think uh, another thing that's really fun about this verse is Hebrews 11.1 1 is the setup for what is often called the faith hall of fame. So we read Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And the very next verse says this. This is what the ancients, this is what everyone who came before you were commended for. And then mm -hmm. the whole chapter then proceeds to tell story after story, example after example, piece of evidence after piece of evidence about how God showed up and moved in the lives of people like Abraham and Moses and Joshua and the judges who led Israel to victory in battles and like the the common denominator is that they chose to trust what God said to do what God asked and that is what they were commended for they're commended for their faith. And I, I think you're 100% right, Josh. There's no way that all of those men and women in this faith hall of fame that we get to read about had all of the details that they wanted going into those crazy battles or weird situations. I think of Joshua and he was just like, he was asked to by faith just march around this city uh, like sounds seven ridiculous. times right. and it sounds so stupid like these are like fierce warriors and he's with a ragtag bunch of slaves and God's like yeah just just go ahead and walk around it a few times and like 
don't say anything when you do it. Just like shut up, walk around the city. <laughs> I've got a I've got a plan. And Joshua's like, okay. <laughs> like this. He clearly didn't have the details, but he right. had faith. He had trust based on right. evidence. Like Joshua is like, yo, my mentor is Moses. Seas can part if God says so. So I'm gonna yep. do it. Even if it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yep. So what I love about uh, what faith really is, is it's not blind. It is based on evidence, but there is still a component of trust involved. We have to trust that God is able to do what he says he's going to do. And that trust is going to lead us to do what God, what God asks us to do. And, and I would add to that, sometimes the evidence that you get is the evidence of God being faithful for those who went before you. Right. And you don't always get to see the evidence of the outcome of something that you were then told to do, because it mm. might be the generation after you that gets to see the evidence. It, it might be your own kids one day that get to experience the evidence of your faithfulness today. And so when we say evidence, it does not mean that every single time you say, yes, God, I'm stepping into what you have given me right now. It doesn't mean you always get to just watch this like... Hey, two plus two is four. Like it just, the equation worked out great for me every time. That is not (laughs) what it means. It means that there is evidence all throughout history for you to look back and see the faithfulness of God. And I promise you there is evidence all throughout your life for you to look back and see the evidence of God. If you will look for it, that does not necessarily mean, however, that you will get to see the evidence in every situation. Right. So good, Josh. So question number one was, what is faith really? We talked about faith is trust based on evidence that leads to obedience. Question two is, why does this understanding of faith actually matter? Like, why does understanding faith correctly, properly, the way that that the Bible defines faith actually matter so much? And I want to bring another scripture to the table and then ask you for your thoughts. Um, James, who was the brother of Jesus, wrote this in James chapter 2. James 2.26 says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. (laughs) What do you think that that has to do with this conversation that we're talking about and I, I think I think that like the why question comes in here of just like there's a kind of faith that is dead. There's a kind of faith that isn't actually real faith. And I think that's partially why our understanding of faith matters so much. But say more about just like the why and like the kind of faith that's real versus the kind of faith that is dead, according to James. Maybe like the most clear example I could think of that pops in my head is if those men who who dropped their friend to the roof and Jesus looked and saw their faith, if instead in their hearts, they were like, man, I believe in God. Like I, I think maybe, but not enough to drop my friend through the roof of a building. Like I, Mm. like I believe (laughs) I'm just not sure that I believe enough to take action. And so that's that's what I think of when I think of yeah. faith being dead versus this like being very alive is the difference between someone who goes, well, I believe in God. Okay, right? Like we a lot of people believe in God. 
Like that, that's not a unique thing. The enemy, the spiritual enemy, Satan believes in God. But there's a difference between saying, I believe in God to, man, I surrender to Christ and I completely trust and have faith that he is the creator of all things in control of everything. And if I'm called to do something, I believe it is plan A and I'm going for it because I trust his outcome. Yeah, that's so good. In in last week's message, um, we talked about how so many people don't actually experience the life and life to the full that Jesus has to offer because for them, uh, faith stops and starts at just believing that God is real. Yeah. And they never actually take the step to follow Jesus, like to actually go where he goes, do what he does, trust what he says, love how he loves. Like we're not experiencing the life that he promised because we're not actually following him. We're not actually doing the thing. And so I think that what James is saying to us is that trust that doesn't lead to obedience just like you're saying belief yep. that doesn't lead to action isn't real faith it's actually right. dead and the right. example that james himself brings is one of those ancient guys we were talking about james uh like right before this verse that we just read uh talks about abraham And he says, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You can see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. I love that Mm. example from James. And that's literally exactly what you were just parsing out. It's like his faith and his actions worked together and they proved the genuineness of what he, what he said he believed. And when our faith, what we say we believe and our actions don't work together, like there's a discrepancy there. There's like a lack of integrity there and they like don't, match up right right (laughs) and so i i think that that example is just money um i in another place i think it's in hebrews it talks about how abraham trusted god so much like he was so fully convinced that god was going to keep his promise of making him the father of many nations and blessing the whole world through him and his family that he was convinced that if he actually went through and sacrificed his son Isaac, that God was going to raise him from the dead. Like yeah. he was uh, completely convinced that God was going to keep his promise. So he's, I, I mean, not even death can stop God from keeping his promise, right. which is just that's been so proven. powerful. Yeah, that's it, been proven right. accurate also. So, you know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm just reading over this last line again. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was mm-hmm. called God's friend. And every time I read it, I'm like, I just want to do what he did to get to be called God's friend. Like, come when, on. Because when, you know, I think of God as so many different things. And I know that like friend is, is a great one too. Like, it's a healthy thing for me to be like, man, what an incredible friend. What he is my savior. He's my king. He's my father. He's so many different things, everything he needs to be. 
but I mean, it to be able to say, Hey, yeah, I'm, who are you? I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm friends with God. It's just, I mean, I, I know that guy. So it's, I just think that it's such a cool thing because it's such a, it feels like such a casual statement Mm. about a person who was just trusting and faithful and then was accounted as God's friend. And man, that's special. I know. I uh I've been reading this book by John Ortberg and he has a line in there that has totally wrecked me in the best way possible, but has just like changed my perspective on a lot of things and uh he's actually talking about Abraham. He's talking about when God called Abraham to like leave his family, leave his home, go to the place that I'm going to tell you. God didn't even tell him the place right then in that moment. He's like, just Mm -hmm. go to the place I'm going to tell you. Um, And he gives him this promise. And here's what Ortberg says. He says, uh, the Lord didn't tell him because the Lord is notoriously fuzzy about details like that. Knowing too many details would take all the excitement out of the adventure. Here it is. God wanted Abram to be his friend and friends trust each other. And you can't learn to trust someone without a little risk and uncertainty and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And that uh, quote has just been really powerful to me. Just thinking of that perspective of uh, like, just like you're saying, like not only is it a possibility for me to be God's friend? It's like, that's what he actually wants. Right. And so he's going to put me in situations that will build our trusting relationship as friends because trust is the currency of relationships. Trust is the currency of friendships. And God like legitimately wants to be friends with us, which is mind-blowingly awesome. So good. So good. So question one, we talked about what is faith really? It's trust based on evidence that leads to obedience. We talked about why this understanding of faith matters so much. And that's because trust that doesn't lead to obedience. Faith that is misaligned with our actions is actually dead. It's not actually real. And question three is how do we grow in our faith? We talked about trusting God. We talked about being in a trusting relationship, a friendship with God. And so if we uh, are thinking about how we actually grow our faith, I think it's fair to think about it like growing a stronger relationship with like your best friend. And what we talked about in the message that uh, that our students got to hear from their youth pastors was if they want to grow in their faith, they choose to put God first. They make him a priority in their lives, in their schedule, in their relationships, in the way that they make choices every single day, and in the way that they think about their future, in their future plans. So Josh, for you, maybe what's something that has been really helpful for you recently and growing in your faith and growing your trusting relationship with God. You know, years ago when I was having some trouble with time management, okay, we'll <laughs> say we'll we'll say that and my campus pastor at the time Ronnie Brumley, he was meeting with several of us because he's really good at time management and was helping us 
with some new kind of mindsets around the idea. And I remember, man, life is just so busy. And I remember at the time thinking, I'm so busy. Like I have so much going on. And the reality is everyone has so much going on. So it's not mm. a unique thought, right? Like, so we're all busy regardless of stage of life. You just fill it with stuff. And he said, at the end of the day, you have all the time that you need for everything that is most important to you in life. Mm. And I remember being like, well, son of a gun, I don't have anything else to say now. Like, I don't like, because, because you're 100% right. I have all the time that I need for any of the like little things that I want to do for the show that I want to watch or for going to the, you know, these ball games or watching that football game or like anything that I want to do, I always make time for it. So there's really no excuse for anything else that I have neglected in my life. And it is so easy, I think, for us to neglect our relationship with Jesus and for mm. us to go, not even, not on purpose, but just to go, man, I don't, man, I haven't been reading my Bible. I haven't had time. I haven't been praying. I just haven't been thinking about it. I've been so busy. I haven't been talking with my friends about my faith. I just, it just hasn't been at the top of my list, had all these other things we were talking about. And it's not on purpose. It happens by accident, but man, does it, does it neglect the most important thing in our lives? Because anything that matters most to us, we are talking about and we are making mm -hmm. time for. And so I think that that, that would be like one of the really big things. And then the other thing that I would say has grown my faith has been trial. Like it's just been yeah. tough. It's just been like when life gets hard and you know, like it, 2023 was a tough year for me and it, it was a tough year for my family. And it was just one of those, I won't go into all the details, but I can just simply say it was a tough year. Uh, I've had some health issues and mm -hmm. it was wildly frustrating because of all the things that I knew I had done to alleviate those health issues, to try to be better. And as a result, it, it led to me having to step away from some things that meant so much to me and that I had invested so much of my life in. And I remember at the time thinking, God, where are you in this? Like, mm. are you in this at all? Because, because everything that feels like it's being taken away right now is everything that I feel like I was faithful to say yes to over the years. Mm. And now it feels like it's just being sucked dry. Like, I feel like it's just all going away. What's happening? And over time, it became really clear that at the end of the day, God was never going to stop using my life. As a matter of fact, I would say he wasn't even going to use it less. There's a chance that he was planning to use it more in ways mm -hmm. that I never could have imagined. And it, it actually required what I'm going to say was physical, emotional, and spiritual pain for mm -hmm. me to be able to grow closer to God. Like it, mm -hmm. it required me to have some crushing happen yeah. uh, for me to like build this reliance. And so I'm not telling you like, hey, I recommend you do things that just crush your soul. So that's <laughs> definitely not a recommendation. Right. I think what I'm saying is I know that every single person has been through things that felt, they just like hurt. They felt really right. hard and maybe even felt crushing. Like you just go right. through, you, sometimes you don't even know why. Like the emotions in your mind and stuff that you're going through, it just feels crushing. And you're like, what is the point in this? Like, is there anything good? And I would just encourage you to say that there's a solid chance that everything good will come from this. And yeah. it, you don't have to be able to see it 
for it to be true. Like you don't have to be able to actually see the future to know and trust in faith that God does not waste things and that there is something there. And so for me, the greatest growth, like the greatest times that I grew closest to God was through the hardest moments. And uh, as much as I, the human, the flesh in me would say, man, it'd be great to not have to do that again. The, the Christ in me, the eternal perspective in me says, no, that was essential. That was a, that was a crucial part of my faith journey and I couldn't Mm -hmm. take it back. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I think for students listening who are maybe going through one of those soul crushing moments right now that they maybe didn't expect or plan for whatsoever, I think one thing that is a reason why those moments bring us so much closer to Jesus is because they allow us to relate to a God who suffered, who Mm -hmm. bled, who was crushed in every way. Like Jesus is not unfamiliar with our weaknesses. He is not unfamiliar with our pain and our suffering. And so if you are someone who is going through suffering right now, I think one of the the cool things about that or one of the one of the reasons why you can have hope in that and trust that your relationship with Jesus that your faith can and will grow through that experience is because you get to relate to Jesus. Yeah. And know that Absolutely. he knows exactly what you're going through. And there's just something about going through hard things with a per- with another person that just bonds you like none other, right? Mm-hmm. Like just going through, like I don't know if you like I. This is a this is a silly example, but I think of soccer games that I played as a as a high schooler when it was pouring down rain and we were sliding in the mud and everyone was <laughs> bleeding and we loved it because we had this super intense suffering experience together. And now we're like, dude, we could do anything. We could do anything. And it was just like, and that's the kind of um, closeness and intimacy that you can find with Jesus, even in the worst moments, because he's he's with you. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, he's with you. So Josh, today we uh, talked about what faith really is. We talked about why our understanding of faith matters so much. And we talked about how to actually grow in our faith. And kind of the big idea that we've landed on is that faith is not some something that is ethereal. It is something that is visible. It is something that is tangible. Jesus said, Uh, that he could see their faith. When Jesus saw the faith of these friends, he responded. And so I just want to uh, encourage you guys to be at Switch or tune into this podcast if you can't make it, because we know that when you miss Switch, you miss a lot. And we are going to unpack this story of Jesus's interaction with these friends and this paralyzed man even more as we continue in our series how we follow Jesus. But that's all we have for you today. Can't wait to talk to you again next time.